Get your Bibles open. I want to give you a word from the Lord this morning in Exodus chapter 1. And I, I want to preach a Mother's Day message, but whenever we do this, it's never just for the moms. It's for everybody. And uh, we all have uh, an understanding this morning that, that God has a purpose, and we honor his purpose this morning. How many know that God has a purpose for us? I preached an entire message a couple weeks ago on the purpose of God for our lives. And I want to talk this morning about something um, that I don't believe I've talked about before. And I believe it's something new. And I want to read out of the first chapter of the book of Exodus. And I want to start in verse 15 in just a moment. We know for the background here that uh, Egypt um, is becoming a focal point of this chapter we know the end results. We know that at the end of the book, Moses becomes an amazing man of God, and we know that Moses is used mightily by God to split the Red Sea and is used to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go as the Israelites are in bondage to sin and slavery. We know the end result, but a lot of times we don't think about the beginning, and we need to understand that God in the beginning has a plan for the end. And then you might be here this morning and you might feel like you're not seeing the end or you might not be seeing the result that you feel like God has for your life. And, or you might be here and you might say, I don't even know if God has a plan for me because a lot of people go through their lives and even when they become believers and, and, and give their lives to the Lord, they don't realize that there's a purpose for us. There's a reason that we're on this earth and, and God has had it established since the very first day. Amen? And even beyond that. But how many know that whenever there's a purpose of God, there's always an enemy as well? There's always an enemy to your destiny. And we know this morning that the destiny that God has for you, if you were to see it, you know, we just watched that video and it showed from way back when he, when he was born all the way to the end. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to see our lives like that? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to just see a movie and see the picture and see where we're going to end up and what's going to happen so that we could kind of go backwards and then know where not to do what and when to do what and how you know how to do things wouldn't it be awesome if we could just see a movie like that we talk about that a lot in discipleship when we're talking about man if 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 we would as men if we would have just been adults first before we were teenagers we would have done things a lot different if we'd have had a wife or a daughter we'd have done things a lot different and you just wish sometimes you could go and see the future but you can't you just have to say god I trust that you've got a plan for me. And we see here in Exodus 15, I'm going to read several verses, that, you know, Joseph had already done a great work in, in, the, in the word of God in Genesis, and we saw the things in Joseph's life that happened, how he was used mightily by God, although he was through many struggles and trials. And we see how Joseph left things good. You know, in life, a lot of times, we're, we're left things good and then we can mess it up or we're left things bad and we can fix it. How many see those two differences? When I mean left, I mean you, you, you are a product this morning of how you were raised. You, you don't have any control over how you were raised because you, you were born in a home and you had parents that taught you a certain way or maybe you had only a mother, maybe you had only a father, maybe you didn't have parents, maybe it was great, maybe it was bad, I don't know what the situation was, but you're a product of that and so you either left a really good legacy or you're left a bad legacy 
and it's your choice to take it and run with it. And we even see that here in the Bible that Joseph left everything really good. And then all of a sudden the enemy comes in. How many have ever been in that place where it seems like everything's going good and then all of a sudden the enemy shows up? And then it seems like, man, it goes downhill fast. So we see here picking up in verse 15, it says, The king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Shipra and the other was Pua. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male child, the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them. And therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who's born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And a man of the house of Levi went, chapter 2, verse 1, and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, laid it in the reeds by the river's bank, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it, and when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So he had com she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maiden went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she became her son. So she called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. Father, this morning, for just the next few minutes, as we're in your house this morning, reading your word, Lord, teach us something this morning. Anoint your word, Father, to allow us to walk out of this place with a word that will affect our lives, affect our destinies, and affect our purpose in our lives, God. 
Lord, we bind every spirit of darkness that would hinder and, and confuse and cause us to be bothered by other things that would get our minds distracted. And we pray that, Lord, we would receive what you have to say to us this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. So we see a lot of times the end result and the end story of Moses, but we don't understand as we see the end result that it never would have got there if it hadn't been for some women who made some sacrifices. We know that Moses was that mighty man. You know that every, every man or woman who does anything great in the world, especially for God, has a mom standing back there quietly usually, cheering him on and clapping and shouting for joy inside and saying, that's my girl, that's my boy, I raised them, I did that. But they do it from the background, amen? It's always interesting to me in this generation that we have where the mother obviously has a place that the father cannot have. Although God establishes that the man, as Pastor Andrew said at the offering, would be the leader of the home, there's a place that mom has that no man can fill. Amen? Because we know that even scientifically, we come out of that mother's womb and there's an automatic attraction to mom that we cannot have with anybody else. And, and, and us men know that for the first few months, we're not even going to get close. We're not even going to get a chance to be able to really be there. And uh, it's, it's mama. It's mama, mama, mama. Amen? And so we see here, though, that that mama's compassion and sacrifice allowed. And I want you to think of your life this morning. You might not think, oh, I'm not Moses. I'm not Pharaoh's daughter. I've never, I've never done anything amazing. or I can't do anything amazing. Well, who says you can't? If you think you can't do anything amazing, then you're buying the lie of the devil. Because I believe that God has something amazing for every single one of us to do. And I believe that if we're walking in God's will, we're on that path this morning to do something great for God. Amen? And we're going to make a difference in this world. And we're going to impact lives. But we have to understand that the end result's going to have some bumps in it. It's going to have some attacks. And we see here, scripturally, that from the day we're born, Satan is after us. On the very day we're born, he, the enemy is searching, like the Bible says, like a roaring lion whom he can devour. And he's watching and he's looking for how to destroy. And we see this story many times throughout the Bible, where, and we see it again as Moses is one, one of those powerful types of Christ, where they try to kill the firstborn. So that that firstborn cannot uh, do what God has called that firstborn to do. And that is lead. Amen. And so I want you to think this morning, as we go in just a second to another, another direction, I want you to think about this story, how every person along the way was doing something so that Moses could be great. We, we, we sometimes see the person who's visibly being used by God, and we forget about the people behind the scenes. To me, mothers are those people more than anything. And I'm not saying that mothers are never <coughs> in front of the people. I'm saying that behind the scenes... There's always the mom doing her part and not usually getting the credit that she deserves. And, and it's always funny to me as I love sports how you listen to interviews and I, I personally have never heard an interview of an athlete say, I want to thank my dad. And it doesn't mean necessarily that in every case the dad wasn't there, but I want to thank my mom. And it's just, it just sounds, it's, it, sometimes it looks funny. You see this big, humongous athlete, and he's, I want to thank mom. You know? 
Because there's something she did behind the scenes, and a really smart person will understand, even if you didn't have the greatest relationship with your mom, mom brought you into this world. And there's some famous words we never forget as, parents, as kids. I brought you into this world, and I could take you out. Amen? You know, moms have wishes too. I was thinking that uh, the other day, this one mom... Or this husband said, honey, what do you want me to do for Mother's Day for you? She thought real quick and said, I want you to get the kids, get in the car, and I want you to drive seven hours east and then come back. That's what I want for Mother's Day. Amen? Sometimes we just need to give them that peace and quiet. Amen? But there's something about a mom that, that goes unsaid sometimes the sacrifices that we'll never see. And, I, and like I said, I read those facts about birth because we as men especially, and any woman who has never had a child, cannot even understand. I don't even try to understand what that would be like to carry something in my stomach for nine months, living. The pains, the sacrifices, and, and, and everybody knows, in case someone's new here this morning, everybody knows my take on that. The, the, the nine kids... My, my papa, who we just celebrated a little bit about his life at the family reunion, had 18 brothers and sisters. Listen, I don't know how in the world that happens. I don't know what gets into a woman that wants to have that many kids, amen? But here's the thing. If men had babies, the population would be one billion, not seven. There would be no multi-child families. It would be one and done. How many men can say amen and how many women can say that's the truth? We might get tricked into having one, but it would never happen again. There would be no, hey, let's have three or four. Hey, let's do this again. It would not happen. Moms are special. There's something about a mom, a strength that a woman has that's not so always so physical, but an inner strength that mom has. And there's something in mom that says, I'm going to see my son or daughter do something great. There is no mom that doesn't want her kids to do amazing things for God. Amen? I mean amazing things. And she might not voice it, but inside there's something that says, I'm going to do everything possible to make sure that my kid is great. And we see that in this story. She realizes, my kid's going to die. We saw the midwives doing what they did. Then we saw the woman give birth and knew that she had to hide that child. Then when she realized she couldn't hide the child anymore, she had to put it in the river. Then we saw another mom down the way watching. Then we see that other mom pull, pull the, or the other woman pull the baby out. Then we see another woman get involved and we see this teamwork so that Moses' life can be preserved so that Moses can do what Moses was supposed to do. And I just want you to realize this morning that along the way of the purpose of, and of your life and what God has planned for your life, mom has a humongous part. Amen? And we all have to understand that in this place, and I always say this on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I understand the, the difficult days like today. In this place right now, whenever you have more than one person in a place, there are so many scattered situations. And I understand that. What do you mean? That means you've got people in here who, for one, have lost their mother. Their mother has gone on to be with the Lord, hopefully. They've, they've passed into eternity. They're not here. There's many here this morning who've lost their mom. Others have their mom, but don't have a great relationship with them. 
Others have a mom, have a great relationship with them, but they're far away. Others have their mom close, and they're working on their relationship. There's all kinds of different situations represented right here. So when you preach a message on Mother's Day or Father's Day, you always have to be sensitive to those things because everybody's in different places. Everybody's in different places. And there's all kinds of situations represented. And so for some people, Mother's Day is amazing and wonderful, and for other people, Mother's Day is tough and difficult. So we have to understand that the amazing thing about God's word is that his word today, right now, as I'm speaking it, goes and ministers to every situation and every circumstance because that's the power of the word of God. Amen? Now I want you to go over to Jeremiah with me in just a second, but as you, before you get there, I want you to stop at Psalms. We're going to go to the right in our Bibles towards the New Testament, and we're going to go to Psalms. And I want to read today that, uh, just a powerful scripture that it's not, well, won't be the first time I've ever read it. But I want you to know this morning, wherever you're at in your walk and whatever your situation is, I want you to know this morning that you are amazing in God's eyes. Amen? You are amazing. God has a plan for you and a purpose for you. And you are not a mistake. You know, there, a lot of times we hear people say, I'm a mistake. Or we have parents who make mistakes and say things when they're younger. We just heard that those kids hear everything, starting from the womb. Everything, amen. And we hear those kind of words, and some of us would be like, man, I need to do parenting again. I need to go back and make sure I didn't say things that I said or argue or all these things that we don't realize is affecting that child, amen. And again, it goes back to the fact that today I'm a product of how I was raised. I'm a product of everything that my parents taught me, good or bad. We are a sponge to everything we saw, everything we heard, everything that we were involved in. And, and how many know you can hear a song or you can hear, uh, 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 see a movie or see, a, see all kinds of things and they trigger memories. You can have a smell. All kinds of things take us back to our childhood. We don't even want to try to go there sometimes, but life takes us there. Amen? And so we're all in different places trying to do different things, but we're all trying to fulfill God's plan for our lives. And sometimes we need to go back and read a Psalm 139, and we need to realize, listen, this is, I'm not an accident. I am wonderfully and perfectly and fearfully made by God. And God has not even began to do in my life what I know God wants to do in me this morning. He hasn't even began it yet because I know that I'm going to see some amazing things. Now, if you're there, look at verse 13. And I want to read some of, some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalm 139, verse 13. You formed me, sorry, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Now, I'm always trying, as we're preaching the word, to teach you things that you can use to witness. Everything we learn should be for our personal growth, but it should be also for us to tell others about the Lord. This is a great chapter to go to for any kind of ministry, any kind of witnessing to somebody. To, you know, you, you could be talking to someone at work or at school or anywhere, and, and you could pick up that they're going through something. They're depressed. They're, they're sad. They're hurting. Usually that comes from somebody who does not have a purpose. Usually that comes from somebody who has gotten in a rut in their life and they don't think that they're worth anything or they have done anything or they can do anything. And this is a great chapter to take them to. It's also a great chapter to take someone to, as I said a minute ago, who doesn't believe in pro-life. 
Someone who would say, I believe in abortion. Take them to this chapter. All the arguments of, are they a real life, and when are they a real life? Well, the Bible tells us, and I want you to tell the person next to you, say, the Bible says. How many know we need to go by what the Bible says? Not what society says, not what my family says, not what the government says, but what by the word of God says. Amen. That's the authority in our lives, and that's the answer that we need to give people. And so if someone says, I I don't believe that they're really a baby yet. Well, look what the Bible says. You formed my inward parts, verse 13, and covered me in my mother's womb. That means we were alive, and that means we were God's. And that means we were there for a purpose. And look what he says in 14. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. So when you think or someone tells you you're worthless or you're nobody, you're making a mockery of God because God said you're a wonderful work. That's what God said about you. You know what we need to do to really make it in our lives is get a God said over our lives and stop paying attention to what people say over our lives because the God said will take you all the way to what God wants you to do. Who cares what anybody else says? My God says I'm a wonderful work. And we need to look in the mirror and say, God, you made me like this. This is how I'm supposed to be. You made me to be great. Watch this, verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. This is amazing right here. These are some amazing verses. Your eyes saw my substance, stay with me, being yet unformed. Wow. That means God looked upon us before we were even something to look on. No form. Nothing. Now, we don't get that as people because that seems impossible for us, but at the same time, it helps us understand when God says, speak those things that are not as though they were. Speak things by faith. And so we can, we can see that God knew us as spirit before we were ever physical. Amen? This is just a shell. We've got to remember that. This is just a shell. This is not who, this is not who I am. This is just what you see. God didn't see this. God saw me. We look in the mirror and we see an appearance and we see a, a person and we see a thing that society tells us who we are. But that's not what God saw. God saw me. And I need, if I need to know, if I need to know what, what, who I am in God, I need to know what God said about me. And he says in his word right here, I knew you and I saw you before you were even formed and in your book they were written, the days were fashioned for me. I want you to catch that this morning. The days were fashioned for me, meaning he had everything worked out for you before you were ever even born. I'm not talking about the bad things because he didn't plan bad things for you. If you believe that, you need to read Jeremiah 29, 11. He didn't think bad things for you. He thought good things and good things were fashioned out for you. We are the ones who put a wrench in that. We're the ones who mess that up, amen? We do things that cause us problems, but God's plan was great. You, 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 can you imagine a mom giving birth to a child and planning out the days for that child and during those days saying, well, uh, this day this is going to go bad and this day that's going to go bad and I hope they fall here and I hope they fall there and I hope they fail here. No mom's going to do that. Neither did God. That mom is going to think nothing but amazing thoughts over that baby. For that mom, listen, every mom thinks their kid is, is going to be president. 
It's going to be professional, whatever. You know what? A mom has the eyes of vision that says no matter what she sees, that kid is still perfect. There's something about that, but that comes from God. Because God still sees in us, even when he sees imperfection, he still sees what he saw. Come we get this before he formed us. So when he sees us mess up and he sees us make mistakes and he sees us not doing what we're supposed to do, he's looking beyond that to what he still saw us doing and what he formed us for. And his hope and his, and his, his desire is that we come back around to doing what he wants for us. Because we get caught up a lot of times doing what we want to do. And then it says, how precious also. Now listen, I'm telling you, these are some verses right here. You begin to get down. You go read these verses. And you underline them and you highlight them and you speak them to the devil. You say, devil, listen here. The word of God says. Is anybody getting this? The word of God says. People say things and people think things and people do things. But what does God say? God says that he has thoughts to me. And great is the sum of them, verse 17. And if I should count them, they would be more in in number than the sand. And when I'm awake, I'm still with you. And that leads me to the last verse I want you to see if you just go over to the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 1. Oh, I've read this verse before. I've heard this verse, verse before. But my question to you is, do you believe it? Mom? Dad, man, woman, do you believe it? Jeremiah is the major prophet of the Old Testament, mightily used of God to see the future. And he's born, but before he's even born, the word of God comes over him. And I want you to understand, the word of God was this for every one of us. Don't ever read the Bible and go, oh, that was good for Jeremiah. That was good for Moses. No, you put yourself in there. You put yourself in that story because that's what God wants you to do, amen? He wants you to look at it like that. So I want you to, as you read this with me, I want you to put yourself there as you read it. I want you to say this. You don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to think this. Then the word of the Lord came to me. It says that, but I, want, I don't want you to read it like it's the word of the Lord for Jeremiah. Okay, it's Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Before, verse 5, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Here's another verse saying the same thing. Now, I I want to say something that we need to get this morning and understand. Our society says to us all the time, this is the way I was born. Right? Right? That's what society says. This is the way I was born. Whenever, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing. That's the answer. This is who I am. This is how I am. This is how I was born. That's what they say. Am I, am I, is anybody else hearing that? Isn't that what they say? This is who I am. This is how I was born. First of all, when we say that and it doesn't line up with God's word, we're mocking God's word. When we say, this is the way I was born, if it doesn't line up with scripture. 
And the second thing is, is let's just go there and say, okay, let's, let's give you the benefit of the doubt there and say, okay, then, then, then you were born that way, which I don't agree with and don't believe, but let's just, let's just say it was. Well, here's the second answer. John says, unless you be born again, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you think you were born some certain way, well, you need to be born again. And when you are born again, you get a new life and a new identity and you become a new creation and all things are made new. Can you say amen? You start over. It's not what someone spoke over you when you were born. It's not what you think you were when you were born. It, when you are born again, you get a new slate and a new start and a new beginning. Amen. And all the old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Be born again. Don't believe those lies anymore. And he says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, I've never been a missionary. I've never left the country. What do you mean you've ordained me to be a prophet to the nations? We don't understand how God works. We minimize, we, we, we put, a, we put, a, a, we put God in a box and we think that if I, I'm, only, I'm only doing what I see. We don't ever know who we've met. We don't ever know who we've run into. We don't ever know. We, we talk about how the, how the principle works, and I'm closing right now. We talk about the principle of, of giving, for example, and we think, man, I've never been to Africa, but if you gave an offering to Africa, you went to Africa. You don't know what $20 you gave to Africa or $100 you gave to Africa could touch some man or woman's life in Kenya and that man or woman could grow up to be a Moses or, 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 or Ruth in the country of Africa. It's not about where you go. It's what you do and it's what you believe and it's what you stand for and it's you saying, God, I'm standing on your word this morning and it's not about what I see. It's about what you see in me. Those midwives saw something no one else saw that woman pharaoh's daughter saw something no one else saw we need to see what no one else sees we need to believe what no one else believes because we serve a god who is supernatural we serve a God who is, like Dwayne said, the great I am. He is the I am for every situation you're facing this morning. He is the answer for every problem you have. He is the answer for every identity crisis you're going through. Amen. He will speak over you and say, this is who I made you to be, and I will make you a prophet to the nations. And I've sanctified you, and I've set you apart. Musicians, as you come this morning, Here's what we do when we hear this word. In our minds, we begin to make excuses. Right? No, he's talking to the one behind me. No, God was talking to somebody else. No, you don't know my past. No, you don't know what I've done. No, you don't know who I am. You don't, and we begin to make excuses. And listen, you're in good company. Because that's what they did all throughout the Bible. Every time God told him, God told Moses, the man we're talking about when he got older, I want you to do great and mighty things for me. And Moses said, I can't speak. I stutter. We can make excuses all day long, but God's plan doesn't change. He still has a purpose for us. Jeremiah says, God, are you sure you're not talking to somebody else? Are you sure you're not talking to Jermaine? Because I'm a kid, and I'm really small and young. I don't think you can use me like that. And he starts making these, I can't even speak. I'm a youth. That's what he says. 
And God rebukes him and says, don't say I'm a youth. He says, for you shall go to whom I send you, and, you will, and, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. See, when we get a God's word over us, that's all we need is a God's word. Amen? Because God's word transcends culture and place and ability and race and problems and situations. It goes beyond. And it says, like, like we know in Isaiah 55, it fulfills what he said it would fulfill. How many believe that this morning? That God said over my life, takes time it's not an overnight thing we don't get to see the movie unfortunately unfold before our eyes but we believe by faith God is doing something in my life right now stop we look back and we say okay I've gained some ground I've, I've done something for the Lord listen moms especially you that have young kids don't stop speaking life over your kids don't stop parents guys too speak life over your kids remember those words that are so powerful you're stupid you can't you don't you won't don't do that speak life speak life over them no matter what they do no matter how far they go away moms some of you in here this morning i don't i don't know all your situations but i know there's some moms here that got they're praying for some kids they're praying for some kids they're praying that They'll come home. You're praying that they'll come home, come back to the Lord, or get to know the Lord. And a lot of us in here this morning are products of mom's prayers. Amen? Products of mom's prayers. And that word that you speak, I can tell you this morning is a testimony. It does not come back void. It, you, you hear it, and you hear it, and you hear it. Amen? All your life. My mom told me all my life, God's going to do great things through you, even when I didn't want to hear it. But, I, but it's there. Amen? It's there. That word, won't, that word doesn't come back void. It establishes what you speak it to do. And your words over your own life have power. So we need to go back and read these things sometimes to ourselves and say, I am wonderfully and fearfully made God has a plan and a purpose for my life.